Hi everyone. Welcome back to our little green pasture. I've been gone for a while and believe it or not, I am still under the weather. You guys, I got so sick. I don't know what it is that's going around out there, but let me just give you a little breakdown before I go any further. Um, after you guys saw me last, I wound up going to the ER the next day. I thought I had COVID and it turned out that I did not have COVID and I did not have influenza. But I can certainly tell you this, I was so sick that for 48 hours, I was literally in bed. And it was probably the worst thing I've ever had in my life. And it hangs on. So I'm a little bit still under the weather, but you know what? I considered a field and I bought it. And with the work of my hands, I planted a vineyard. And I just love this little green pasture so much. Staying away from it. It's not that I stayed away like I was away <laughs> because I couldn't even get out of bed. But praise the Lord. I'm here today. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just love Jesus so much. And I give him all the glory. And I just love him. There's no words to express my great love for him and my love for you too. So uh, anyways, I'm going to keep going. Today is just going to be where I'm just slowly easing back into doing my videos again. So I'm going to just do a little bit of musing of things that the Lord showed me just like it was like a couple of days ago. And because let me tell you, during this whole entire, how many was it, 10 days or whatever, there was two days I did not get before the Lord, but I still managed to get up only because I love the Lord and I just want to get alone with him. And I got out to the living room and I just sat before him. And, you know, you really hear differently when you're sick like that. When you're sick in the Lord, you just you're more quiet. You're not so involved in your thoughts and. And there's a real trust factor in there, too, you know, where you just don't have it in you to just belt. I had nothing in me to belt out, but to just say, thank you, Lord. And I trust you, Lord. And and whatever little thoughts would arise, I would speak to him inwardly because I couldn't even talk. Towards the end, I think about the day before yesterday, I started to feel a little bit better. So this is like my second better day. And I was sitting there and I was re actually reading my Bible and I just got really quiet and I was just, you know, saying little words to him here and there as I was, they would come to me in prayer. And so after a while, like I was tired and I was sitting there and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, it's very hard for me to talk right now. I, and like, I've been really saying that all week, but I was like, Lord, I just, can only sit before you right now and just be quiet. And it felt really good to be honest with you, just to lay back, you know, just to lean on those everlasting arms. And in the quietness of my spirit, I heard that word uh, from Ephesians 6:24 that says, Grace be unto thee, be grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ. In sincerity amen and I know I wasn't thinking that word on my own because like I said I was so sick I couldn't think of anything and I thought about those words because they came in 
And as the day was going on, that word just kept echoing within the my heart. Just grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. But towards the end of the day, that word sincerity was really zeroed out, you know, just zeroed in. And I kept hearing the word sincerity. And I was listening because I was been so quiet. And I slept on it. And then uh, yesterday morning, I thought I would do a video, but I was still kind of sick. But I thought, I'm going to just, just look up the word sincerity. I'm going to read um, what my favorite scholars say about that word. And as I was doing some studying about that word, I understood that that word sincerity is not exactly what we think about that I ever really thought about because I was thinking about it in our modern day terms. Uh, and before I tell you what it means in, in the Greek, which I had no idea, um, I saw that the word sincerity, as I searched for that word for since that word sincerity throughout the Bible, that the word sincerity occurs seven times in seven verses in the entire Bible, at least in my wonderful King James authorized 1611 version, which I love so much. And the original meaning is so far stronger because you see, we, because sincerity, what I always thought was just being real, being honest, but that's not what Paul meant. That's not what the Greek writer wrote because the original meaning is far stronger. It reads rather grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in incorruptibility. And it's a word usually applied to the immortality of heaven. And out of seven of those verses, only one of them applies to care, uh, human character on earth, which is in Titus 2.7. And you can look that up. But all six of them have to do with the incorruptible, the immortality of, of uh, rooted in love that is given to us in our new nature. Because we have to be given the love of God. We have to be given the love to be able to love his son with. I mean, that is the father. And I'm going to pray still. But Jesus, in his uh, prayer to his father in John 17, the very last words, he says, And I pray, Father, that the love you have for me would be uh, given unto them. That they would love you. Let, let me, in fact, let me just read that because I want to say it just so, because it's so beautiful. So let me just hop over there. Like I said, you guys, I'm not fully myself right now, but praise the Lord, I'm here, right? Um, he said, and I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. God answers that prayer through the true born again believer. So before I get going, let me bow my head and let me pray. Father in heaven, I come before you and it is with such sweet, humble joy that Lord, I can speak to you. 
that I can speak to you, Lord God, with freedom, with that love that has come down into my heart, that lives in me by the virtue of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I ask you that, Lord, that you would reveal to them the beauty of the incorruptibility, which is the sincerity of our service to you and in all we do. I pray for the in, an inflooding of your Holy Spirit to speak through me. Lord, it is a perfect time. I am naturally decreased. Now be increased, O oh God. Reveal yourself to the people, Lord God, that are listening today, their eyes not being on me, but their eyes being fixed upon you. That, Lord, you would give them a word in due season and that you would imprint the words by your spirit upon the hearts of those that need this word. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it is unto you I commit it all. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, be in the midst of us. Let your presence be felt. Let your presence be known. Touch everybody. Touch us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. Amen. So, you know, uh, before I go any further about the sincerity, I was thinking, well, that's a game changer. That changes everything. So it's not because, see, in our human sincerity, I can be honest and real with you, with my friends and family, with anybody, and be my real true self. And I think all of us want to always be sincere people, right? Like, I think that if we um, are truly uh, exercising ourselves into godliness and we're walking after the Lord and we're uh, doing what the word says with pureness of heart and with all of our being, um, then there is going to be what we have always known to be sincerity, right? Like we want to be totally sincere in all of our relationships and in everything we do in business and in family and in everything. We cannot be anything more than that because we are uh, reflecting his glory in this world, right? We who with unveiled faces do reflect the glory of the Lord, right? He is changing us into his likeness from glory to glory and he's doing that every day but as we're keeping up with him so when i saw that that word sincerity occurs only seven times in seven verses that even meant so much more to me and how much sincerity means to god because sincerity to god means something that is it, 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 you know, in the context of what the Greek writer means, what God means is it evidently means it's with a love immortal and imperishable. It's it's incapable either of corruption or decay. It directly implies a foretaste of the eternal communion in heaven. It is a sincerity that nothing can draw us off from God. Nothing can move us. There's something in us. It's an incorruptible love. It's it's not a it's immune to decay. Um, it's strong. It's it's constant. And that's another thing that it implies that there's a continuum in it. There's a a constancy in it. 
And, you know, many of you heard me just a few minutes ago say, I still got up, I still went out to my living room. And some people may say, well, that's ridiculous. You know, you're allowed to be sick. And I say, look, if, you know, everyone is individual to Jesus Christ. And what I share with you is just what I do and what I choose to do because I cannot help but doing it. And, and I want to be there, even if I sit in pure silence, which sometimes that sometimes is the greater prayer when we are just quiet. And sometimes God allows us to get sick so that we are quiet. Maybe not every time. And I'm not putting a big old capstone on that and writing a word on it. I'm just saying that sometimes God, and I know this for my own self, and I'll speak for my own self. There are times where God has allowed me to be sick and during periods of my life. And it was during that time that I was able to hear the word God speaking to me, that God was revealing things to me because I was unable to think about anything. But I can honestly say he was speaking to me. And when I came out of that, there was something different about my walk. So it, it implies uh, immortal love. It's rooted in immortal love. So it's maybe a little bit hard. You're going to have to process uh, getting rid of what sincerity may mean to you for the rest of your life when it comes to things spiritually pertaining to God and what you do in him, in your life, in your character, in your, well, I'm going to expand on that a bit. You know, another uh, word connected to that is in Romans 2, 7, it says to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor, immortality and eternal life. See, there's, there is a patient going, there's a continuance, there's a faithfulness, there is something, you're, it's not robotic, it is not, you're programmed, it's another life in you. There's, a, there's another, that person of the Holy Spirit, he has come into you, he is living in you, he's thriving in you. And so there is that sincerity, but not that, well, I'm going to be true and honest, which we always should and must be. We cannot be anything else. But there is a immortality to it. It's, it's, it's the original meaning. Again, it's, it's a far stronger one in meaning in corruptibility. Grace be with all of them that love the Lord Jesus Christ in incorruptibility. And you can compare that verse with 1 Peter. Um, that's another one, uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 4, speaking of women. But I like to say this applies to you men too, right? It says that which is not incorruptible, that which is not corruptible, which is an ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is the sight of God of great price which means not an outward adornment of the plating of the hair and clothing and all these things, but it's an ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. There's something that is not corruptible about it. And God sees it as a true beauty. And I say that to all men. I say yes, because women are all about wanting to look good outwardly. We just are like that. Some women more than others. Me, I'm just like, whatever's clean, let me put on. And the only time I wear makeup is when I'm here. So, <laughs> um, but I believe that you men that love Jesus Christ in incorruptibility, 
you're going to want that quiet spirit too. And I've seen that in godly men that they're in there. It's powerful. Don't you think it's, it's not just a quiet person. Cause there's a lot of quiet people out there. They don't really say much. Um, but there is a powerful spiritual quiet person and it's, it's a powerful presence and you can feel um, that they are of God. There's something about them, right? So, um, so we know it's not a fleeting earthly love, but a spiritual and an eternal one. And there are other contrasts like in Colossians 2.22, speaking of worldly things which, which perish with using. So there is a perishableness to um, a different kind of sincerity. It's just for this world, right? But anything that's rooted in love and God's love is, is there's a force of power behind that. And there's not going to be anything perishable with what you ever do in your life. Let me keep going. You know, in first uh, Corinthians nine 25, um, you could read it. It's really about the corruptible versus the incorruptible crown. That's another place that the word uh, sincerity can be interchanged. So this sincerity is pureness of heart. It is holy without the corruption of sin. It is dedicated and rooted in love. And, you know, there, I, I, and I'm really broke, you know, when I was thinking about that and I felt like this flash came in, like this flash in flooding of the Holy Spirit, where I felt this, like I said, yes, in my, in my mind, I said, you know what it is, Lord? I was saying this in my mind. I said, you know what it is, Lord? This sincerity that you're talking about, is it makes a person brave. It pulls us away from followers of crowds. It, it's adult. It's salty. It's veteranized. It's strong. It's powerful. It's forthright. It, with, it, it withstands. It's, um, it's, it, it, and everything in action, whether it's giving or it's praying or it's believing or it's trusting, um, whatever action is implied with the incorruptibility, that sincerity behind it makes a person bold because they're really living by the spirit of the living God in the incorruptibility. Grace be unto all them that love right? There is a grace involved. Grace be unto them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in incorruptibility. That to me just opens up this door into the eternal, where you can look and see a vast expanse of God's glory, where you can see that it goes beyond anything that you can outwardly do, but it is the new life built in Jesus Christ. It is the, it is a, it is a power and force of all that Christ is and did. He went to the cross because he loved us for God. So loved us. Everything God does is because he loves us. God loves you. He loves you in incorruptibility. And he wants that love. When Paul was blessing people at the end in his salutation, he was saying grace be unto all them that love Jesus. Christ and incorruptibility in that rooted in love, that, that solid, eternal, unsearchable love. 
it's such a force of power behind everything that the true believer does. And in, in a way, if I may put it this way, they begin to live otherworldly. And there is an independence in that kind of sincerity. If I'll use that word, it is because it makes you want to stand and own your own faith. And, and, and also, too, there's a spring-loaded fountain of joy, a fountain of love opens up within you. So that everything that you're doing, every little thing, all the drudgery in life, all the dullness in life is transformed. The littlest things are transformed. They're, they're like, you know, when Jesus was praying on the transfiguration, his face became white as light and his clothes were white and glistering, meaning they were shining. And I believe that everything we do and that sincerity and that incorruptibility rooted in love for Jesus Christ makes everything that we do, even the challenges and the hard things, there becomes another life. Another life comes alive in us and we have a spring-loaded peace. And I believe a fountain of love opens up within us. You know, in the other verses I saw in Joshua 24, 14, um, and that's the first one, uh, the oldest one. It says, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. And all these words, sincerity, in the next verses I'm going to show you are the very ones, except Titus, that he meant in incorruptibility. OK, it says, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which are for which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. You know, I'll tell you something. There is no service to of the Lord if there is no love of God behind you. See, you have love, but it's not his love. But when his love, when he opens up that fountain in you and you you pray and you say, Lord, open up that fountain in me, that fountain of sincerity, the incorruptible love of God, then it seems as if a flash flood opens up within you. And the things that seem like you would murmur at before, you're no longer murmuring. And I'm not talking about having this perfect mono, you know, monotone, I'm joyful in everything I do. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be hard things. But praise the Lord when we remember, because God gave, gave us a mind. He gave you, gave you a mind. And he expects you to serve him intelligently. You're not a robot. And don't be a follower of other people. You can be a follower of um, people like certain ways. Like you can see the things like maybe there's a teacher. Um, I know it says in Hebrews 6, 12, it says, be ye not slothful, but rather be ye followers of them who by patience and faith inherited the promise. You see, everything you're doing is trending towards eternity. Everything, every day, you are gaining ground towards that day that you will enter into glory. And everything that you will ever do in service to Jesus Christ. I mean, I had to really, God had to really deal with me. He still does in some ways where I, you know, and he's dealing with me now. Why do you think I'm here talking about it? Because I say to the Lord, Lord, at my age, I said, I want to get it right now. I don't want any, un in, I don't want to be anything in me that's um, murmuring. Yeah, there's some things I'm not happy about. I wasn't happy about being sick. But you know what I did? I remembered that word and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 
and I bowed and I blessed the Lord. And I said, Lord, you knew I'd be sick, but praise the Lord. Then I'll expect to receive something from this. I believe you'll speak to me. And so he did. That's why I'm here. So let me go on to 1 Corinthians 5.8. It says, therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth, or rather the unleavened bread of incorruptibility and truth. And notice he puts those words together, sincerity and truth, incorruptibility and truth. So it's the love of the truth. And so when you love the truth, when you have the love of the truth, you are loving the one who is the truth because Christ is the truth. And, you know, I, I could take this in so many different directions, but I want to just keep going and whatever happens afterwards. <laughs> okay, let me keep going. Um, and so in 2 Corinthians 1.12, it says, For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, the same word, godly incorruptibility not with fleshly wisdom but by the grace of god we have had our conversation or that's the old english way of saying life in the world and more abundantly to you word so i see that we have a testimony of our conscience and i you know charles spurgeon calls our conscience uh, uh the officers of the court of the court of our mind, right, of our conscience. And that in the simplicity and godly sincerity, you know, when, when you're when you're godly, when you're walking in godliness, then you're walking in holiness. You're applying yourself to that. I don't care what you do for a living. Don't be fooled. It's not the person. Don't compare yourself with other people. See, remember I, earlier I was saying, that kind of sincerity makes you strong in your own self to say, I don't know what he or she is doing over there, but I've got to have the Lord. I'm going to go spend time with him. I've got to seek the Lord. I want to be with him. I'm hungering for him. I can't wait. I mean, if you're in church, maybe you're like, you know, I mean, you, you might say, I don't want to wait till Sunday. I got to have him now. And, you know, there's an incorruptibility to everything that you're doing because you're doing it rooted in that pure love of God. So when he says in simplicity and godly sincerity, in other words, don't get involved with this world. You know, that, that fleshly wisdom, that fleshly wisdom is dangerous. It's corruptible. You know, I've you, all of us, we've all seen it. How many people, we can watch all sermons, we can hear all whatever, but all it is, is dead. It's just dead. There's not even any love in it. All I'm hearing is the Bible being read. I remember something, what's his name, Spurgeon said. He said some a young man came to him one day. He was at his church and he was listening to Sir, uh, uh, Charles preach the word. And afterwards he said, um, oh, I, I just loved what you were saying and so forth. He said, I would love you to come to my church. You must see my, you, you've got to listen to my, our pastor. He's wonderful. And uh, so another, so Spurgeon went with a few of his men and visited that church. And at the end, the young man came to him and said, well, Mr. Spurgeon, what did you think of our pastor? And he said, let me think if I hope, hope I remember correctly. He said, son. 
your pastor is not a pastor. He's a reader. You know, um, there is an evidence. There is an evidence of prayer. Anybody can read the Bible. Anybody can remember things. But it's the Spirit's voice. It's the Spirit of the living God that it is the witness bearer of Jesus Christ. I'm not the witness bearer. No man on earth is a witness bearer. Like I was telling a friend of mine I was speaking to today, and we were talking about how there's so many ministries out there that say, um, if you come on Thursdays, we're having a healing service or, um, or other people they are thinking that, you know, we're talking about the gifts of God and how powerful they are and how we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm a full born, full proponent, steadfast, ironclad believer in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We must have them. But there's also I'm a steadfast, ironclad um proponent of them being done in godly sincerity and in fear you know and one of my favorite verses i said to my friend i said you know a verse comes to my mind in proverbs it says who can gather the wind in his fists can you because i can't but you know jesus says in john 3 8 the wind listeth where it will you hear the sound thereof but no man knoweth whither it cometh from, neither whither it goeth. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. And you know, when you have that simplicity, it's like the taste of honey. It doesn't need any extra sugar. When you're smelling a gardenia or a plumeria or whatever, it doesn't need help. It's like adding white to a lily. It doesn't need any help. Jesus doesn't need any help. The Holy Spirit is almighty and he can speak for himself. Amen. So keep simple, simple and godly sincerity. It's incorruptible. There's something about that, something simple. And that's why it's hard for people. They want more. They want always trying to learn, you know, like they want to swim in waters that God doesn't mean them to swim in. And all it is, it's just fleshly wisdom. It just puffs up and it drives them away from Christ. It says, in simplicity and godly incorruptibility. You know, another thing I want to add to that is 2 Corinthians 2.17. And this is another one of the verses. It says, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God speak, we Christ. So he says, we, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity. So in other words, what he's saying, there's people all over the place that are preaching the God and they're not doing it in that sincerity. They're just preaching the word. Now we know Jesus says, anybody that does any miracles can in no way speak evil, of, can speak evil of me. We do know that in Philippians, uh, Peter, uh, Paul was saying, that was one of his prison letters, where he said, there are some that preach Christ of contention and others of, I forgot something else. And he said, but as long as Christ is preached. And I say in that regard, someone's going to hear something, the Holy Spirit's going to touch that person through whatever that person's saying. And um and they'll be taught. But if you are preaching and speaking and teaching 
and speaking the name of Jesus Christ, you better get it right. You better be very careful. Okay. There were times I was not careful many times, but I had to grow up. Okay. And let me just say this because I just really want to say this. Had I known this when I was younger, you know, that saying, had, if I knew then what I knew now, I wouldn't have dot, 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 right? But isn't it really something how um, this world religious circus or religious acrobatic body, if you will, they're so quick to say, did you hear what she said? Did you hear how he said it? Did you know that? Did you hear this? Did you know? Um, and I caught this and I caught that. You know, I used to do that when I was younger and then I realized that I was doing it myself. I was getting things wrong. And but that's how you grow is you're supposed to get things wrong. You're supposed to. OK, I didn't expect my babies to get everything right out of the womb. I expected them to fall down. I expected them to break stuff that I loved. I expected them to. Uh, you know how kids do stuff where you're like, ah, right. <laughs> But they learned. And because I loved them, I knew that they were little. You know, the ones, of course, that we got to be careful of are the ones that we know that have been warned a thousand times and they're steadfast in error. And that's different. But be kind to everybody, okay? And if you know that they're young, um, just be kind to them. Give them, a, give them room to grow. Let Christ work. Be careful because sometimes we could harm people. So let me keep going. So we see that the word of God, um, we know that it is incorruptible, but men can corrupt the word of God. We know heresies come. But when we are doing as of sincerity, but as of God, he says, but as of God, meaning that everything that we're doing is, is so connected to his word. You know, I think of that word where it says, Jesus says to the Pharisees, you you strain at a nap, but you swallow a camel. But in a sense, I thought, well, we better strain um, the gnats and the camels. We better strain at everything um, in sincerity, you know. And I guess it too, I want to add, you know, that their human sincerity takes part of that too, where we go, well, we I want to get things right, and I want to say things right. So, but there's something about an incorruptibility in it because now all your actions are being prompted in that spirit of love and that incorruptible spirit of love, which is rooted in Jesus Christ. I see in second Corinthians eight, eight, it says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. You know, there has to be a proof. It's just like uh, Paul says, I come seeking proof of your faith. You know, it's easy to say, well, I have faith, but wait till you get the sledgehammer behind the knees. We'll see what kind of faith is there then that's when God begins to build the faith. But he says, I speak not by commandment. Now he's doing this because he it was a teacher. And I'll tell you the kind of teacher he was. He said, the more I, I'm loved, the less I'm loved. He considered himself, um, uh, as he says, that he will travail in uh, Christ until Christ, travail until be Christ be formed in you. Um, he talked about as a nurse, I cherished you. Um, as little children. And so he had such a patient, enduring, powerful, un you know, it, it was it was a love that just like he like where he said, the less I love, the more I'm loved, like a determination, a power came in. And to me, that's such a powerful word. The less I'm loved, the more I'm loved. 
where now it's pushing him into an area, into a tightness where, and you know, I've experienced that where I thought, you know what, that is that incorruptibility of the love of Jesus Christ, where you're like, there, and I can just say this for myself, um, because I've gone and under heavy persecution and many of you have too, so you'll understand, but something in me said, you know, I felt that pain. I went down with it. I cried. I wept. I mourned many days, all those kind of things. But it did a work in me that I said, you want to know what? I'm going to choose love. I'm going to choose to walk in the love of Jesus Christ. And it wasn't like I was uh, frothing, foaming up some kind of a fleshly wisdom faith, a corruptible sincerity. Because talk is cheap. It even says that in... Uh, uh, Ecclesiastes, but I, it made me love with a more determinate love where I was like, I'm going to love because I choose the way of love and I'm going to love because I love the Lord Jesus Christ and I love him very much in sincerity and so do you. And so, um, you know, so we see, you know, out of the six of uh, that was the one that I said to you in the beginning Grace be with all that love our Lord Jesus Christ and sincerity. And then we see only here in Titus, it is applied to human character on earth. It says um, in seven and eight, ver verses seven and eight, he says, in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. And that means eternal sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. And so he's saying all these things that is our outward, our outward uh, performance. But you know, when it, if it's coming from the outward performance and you truly belong to him, then that is that godly sincerity that's coming forth in your earthly character nature, because everything has to come from within. I'm telling you, you guys, you know what? God is really doing a work in me where I'm like, I'm, everything must come from within. I have to hear him speaking it into my own heart. I'm not going to be a reader. I'm not. I mean, there comes a point where, of course, I'm going to read a couple things here and there. I can't remember everything. But you know what? We serve a real and living God and he wants to flow through us. And I believe God wants to come to us. And he wants to come to us with his word and with the sword. And he wants to um, uh, splice it into our will so that with our own will and our own voice, it's coming out. Do you understand what I'm saying? He wants to come to you with his word. He wants to give you his son. He wants to not just give you his gifts and give you this and give you that. He wants to give you his son. He wants to give you his word. He wants to give you that sword. He wants to splice it into your will. So that by your own will, by your own volition, by all your actions, by everything you'll ever think, say, do, walk, touch, everything is coming out from that central man, the Holy Spirit in there. That's just a fountain just flowing with his love. You know, I love something Henry Drummond said. He said, you will find as you look back upon your life that the moments when you have truly lived are the moments when you have done things in the spirit of love. And all those things that you have done, will have done in the spirit of love, will be the only things that will enter into your eternal life. 
and I like what he said here in the chapter, The Supreme Gift. He said, you cannot give anything more important than the love reflected in your own life. That is the one true universal language, which allows us to speak Chinese or the dialects of India. For if one day you go to those places, the silent eloquence of love will mean that you will be understood by everyone. You know, when I think about the sincerity now, and I know Jesus spoke those words to me because in other words, he was saying to me, if I may put words on it as I was hearing it within, that my sitting there, my being there, was in that incorruptibility of love towards him. And it was more than acceptable that I spent, said 10,000 words to him. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? The incorruptibility, the sincerity that you have in how you pray, how you advance in your studies and reading the word and trusting and obeying and doing and walking, running, all the things that you do in life will enter into your eternal life when you do it in godly sincerity, keeping it in the simplicity of godly sincerity, the incorruptible. And do you know that incorruptibility is the exact same words that were used in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in the places where it talks about there are different kinds of bodies. There's a heavenly bodies like stars and moon and, set, and there are uh, celestial bodies and there's terrestrial bodies. And he's talking about different you know, animal bodies and stuff, he said. And he talked about us. It says you are you are sown in corruption and you are raised in, incorrupt, in incorruption. You see... What you are doing every day, do you're doing everything as you're walking towards the heavenly Jerusalem. You're doing so in the sincerity of the love of Jesus Christ. That which is of an incorruptible love, the flowing fountain. Grace be with all you and unto all of them that are listening who love Jesus Christ in incorruptibility. God bless you.